Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Today on the podcast, we're doing something a little different. My guest is fellow podcaster and coach, Jason Oates. Jason is the host of the popular Whistle and a Clipboard podcast, where he interviews successful sports coaches to learn their best practices. We're running today's episode as a joint podcast, so this will be a lot of fun. If you've ever wondered what coaches and business leaders can learn from one another, this is your episode. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. So, Clipboard Community, we're here today for a joint podcast with John Rennie. He's a leadership uh, expert and also a business owner, entrepreneur. Um, so, John, just, I mean, for, for your audience, I'm a, a podcaster. I'm a coach. I'm not just a, a sports coach, but I'm also a coach for coaches and a coach for people. So, I've, I've started a new um, coachoats.com. It's very in the, in the small state, in the early stages. But, um, yeah, I'm just looking to... I want to help people get better. And I know we're in a crazy time that things keep changing. And so I thought it'd be a great time for us to sit down together and have a chat about leadership, um, self-leadership and, and, and being a leader of a group. So that's kind of for me now introduce yourself to. Yeah, I'm John Rennie and uh, I'm CEO, founder and CEO of a manufacturing company based in North Carolina. We make products for electric utilities, but I also uh, write a lot about leadership. Uh, re recently wrote a book called I Have the Watch. It's a leadership book. Uh, I'm a former submariner, uh, did uh, five years uh, on the submarine during the Cold War, then 22 years in corporate America, leading factories around the East Coast, eight different factories, and now I have my own business. So, um, and I have a podcast called Deep Leadership uh, that I also run. So uh, I'm more of a more of the business leader and then leadership uh, writer, you know, and uh, that sort of thing. So awesome. So, yeah, you were uh, on a one of my buddies was on a steel sub. And I, I know we talked about this before, but I got to have a, a ride on a sub. And it was an interesting, an interesting, really interesting time. And I, I hit my head on the, uh, the tubes <laughs> three times in, in a 24 hour period. So <laughs> that is not unusual. And it's uh HY 80 steel. It's very hard. And, uh, there's two times in my life where I've actually seen stars and both times I, I had hit my head on the steel of a submarine and it is not forgiving at all. <laughs> No, I think my friend took me in a certain way several times just to um, see me bang my head. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Mm -hmm. So, um, let's start this podcast out. Uh, it's for coaches and the leaders that follow you. But let's like what like define a leader. Like what what do you what is a leader to you? 
Yeah, you know, in my book, I define leadership as is three things, right? It's it's people, it's motivation, and a goal. It's the it's the role of a leader is to motivate a group of people to accomplish a goal. That's the most simple definition, most basic definition. It comes from a guy named Kevin Cruz who wrote that, and it's the it's the it's the one that I like the most because most people forget about those three elements. They forget about people, the goal, and motivation, right? So people get promoted in corporate America, and they go in their office and they do emails or they go on conference calls and they forget about motivating people towards a goal. And um, so everything I write about talks, tries to bring people back to that basic thing. Leadership is, leadership is a lot more than that, but I think the basic elements we always have to come back to. And, um, you know, the way I look at it and I wrote it in my book is that I put people, uh, I put, I put people at the top of the, what we have a leadership triangle, I call it. I put people at the top and I put goal and I have uh, motivation down below and I put the leader in the center. The leader is sort of the hub, if you will, making sure to, you know, coordinate those three elements uh, in the organization. So that's the way I look at it. There's a lot more to it. There's been 15,000 books written on leadership. So leadership is a lot more complicated than that, but boiled down, it's, it's really that simple. So one of my favorite things is there's a sophistication and simplification. Mm. And um, the more simple we can make things, the more sophisticated we actually are. So I love that definition of leadership. And I, you know, I, I was thinking about this because I knew I was going to ask you and then I was going to ask myself the same question. And yeah, it's like when you read these, all these 15,000 books or, or, or a lot of them, um, you get to this point, like, what really is a leader? Like, what is a leader? And I think a leader first um, can can knows where they want to go and they try to get there and they do that. Like that's like, if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead anyone else. Mm, So the first thing a leader is, is they've led themselves very well. Um, And it just kind of depends on what that looks like for them. But then the second part of it is, and I think you touched on it first, it's more about the people Mm. that um, are around us. And lots of people use the term empower, but I use the term emancipate. Mm. Um, because I think we need to emancipate the, the leader within each individual. And now we have the best, um, company, we have the best team, we have the best, whatever. So if we, as the, as the, the head can then think about our people first and how do we help them become their best, which is that emancipate, like them getting the Mm. best out of themselves, help them lead themselves first. Now our teams will have that, that amazing, um, ability to adjust and uh, come out, get to the best outcome yeah. for us at the point. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably one of the things, you know, over the years I've, I've realized is, and I, and I've, I've seen it in action is that the collective wisdom of a team is much better than that of one leader. So if you can, you know, engage and empower and emancipate, I like that word, um, and let people be free to, bring their, not just their, their backs and arms and hands to work, but bring in their brains to work and their, all their creativity and all their experiences and all their ideas. If they bring their whole self to work, how much more can you accomplish than, than just, you know, the ideas of one person and, and one thought process. So I think that's really, really important. So I think, um, you know, anything, everything I talk about, it's, it's, it's being able to just bring that power back to the team and let them feel like they're, uh, a contributing member to the, to the organization. So when we talk about leadership models, um, like 
I mean, you've been in the military, you've been a military leader. Um, I know coaches around the world love the military leadership model, but what is like, and, and now you're a business owner and you worked in the factories and led that way. So what, what, like, what kind of, is there a model quote unquote that you have that you think is the best for leadership? Yeah, I don't know if I, I've had that question posed on me many times and I've read so many leadership books that I probably should have a really good answer for that. And the best way I, and you'll like this because you're a coach, but the best way I describe my leadership style is, uh, is a player coach. In other words, I, um, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty and it's probably not, not the best, uh, thing to do as a leader, but you know, in a small business that I run, um, I'll, I, I, you know, I have my steel toe boots right by my desk. And, and if we're busy, I just throw my steel toe boots on. I go out there and I put my, you know, safety glasses on. I work alongside my team and, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm willing, you know, I'm, I would, I won't tell my people to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. So I'm willing to dive in, help them, you know, and be there with them. So I think, um, so I think making sure you know, that, that, that you're, you can coach, so you can coach, but also you can, you're not, you're willing to dive in and, and help out. And I've always been that way in my career, even in the Navy, but I think, you know, people, when you say you're a military leader, they have a perception about what that's like. Uh, they think military is a very top down hierarchical, you know, hierarchical organization where everything flows from the top down that, you know, it's all about rank and it's not about, you know, it's not about your merit, but you know, the truth of the matter is it's a, it's a lot different than that. And especially on a submarine where, you know, you're in a tight confines, everybody's, you know, the name of my next book is called All in the Same Boat because we literally were all in the same boat. You know, nobody had any special privileges. You ate the same food. You wore the same uniform. When we were deployed for, you know, 80 days, everybody was deployed for 80 days. You didn't get special treatment. And so I think that um, we were at the same level as the people we led. We were when it was miserable, we were all miserable. And I see in corporate America sometimes where you know, the, the bosses are elevated. They've got the nice office with the air conditioning and they've got, you know, they're getting big bonus checks and their life is very comfortable where the people that they work, that work for that person, you know, may be, uh, may be struggling financially or what have you. So we don't get on the same level as our people sometimes. So, um, you know, I don't know if that helps a little bit, but, but I think um, maybe because I was on a submarine, it made maybe formed a very unique foundation for my leadership style, which is we're all in it together. You know, we just have different roles. My role as a leader is slightly different than your role as uh, a machinery operator, but we still have a mission to accomplish. No, I love that. And um, you, I was thinking we might have a little disagreement on this. Um, <laughs> Honestly, um, just because like, and it's great, it's great for coaches to hear what you just explained, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm so tired of coaches saying that they're going to war with their players. Like, can we please get rid of that analogy? Like, <laughs> nobody's going to die. Like, let's like, it's a freaking game. We get to go play a game and we get to have fun. So like, yeah, we want to compete. But I also think that coaches expect, like, I've asked this question of, of, um, other coaches like it's like all right so what do you like when you say that, that that they need to um take coaching right like they need to be open to coaching like what does that really mean like are you 
I think the best coaches, the best leaders have a dialogue. Like, so the leadership isn't about me telling you what to do. It's me figuring out what you know and helping you use that the best to, to help us get to where we want to go. Right. It's not, you know, like, I love the fact that you have your boots by your desk because like you just said, for me, I'm not willing to do any, I'm not willing to ask my players. I'm not willing to ask my children in my house. I'm not willing to ask anybody that supposedly I'm uh, ahead of in in the hierarchy thing to do anything I wouldn't do. Mm. Right. And I think that if more leaders took that approach, like businesses and teams would be so much better off. And it's so funny, like, and when I, if I say business or if I say team, it's well, it exactly is. the yeah. same thing. Yeah, it's, it's very similar. I'm, yeah, I think I think a coach and, and a leader is a great analogy. I, I think, um, you know, the one, the one thing, um, you know, uh, you you and I have a mutual friend, Coach Brew, and uh, in his book Seeds of Success, he said if you look up in, in the dictionary, uh, leader and I'm sorry, coach and teacher, it actually has the same definition. And uh, and if you look up leader, it's also very similar. So I think. A teacher, a coach, a leader, they're very, very closely related. And, you know, I always use the analogy. The one thing about a coach that's very different than maybe a leader, but I think we can all learn from it, is that um, a coach doesn't step on the field. You know, you've got to get you've got to get the team. They've got to know what to do. They've got to be gelled. But you can't step on the field. And I think sometimes in business, we think as a leader that we should step on the field and we should be making all the decisions and making all the calls. But the truth of the matter is, is we've got to follow what coaches do and we've got to take a step off the field and let our team do, you know, let let the great people that that work for us do what they do best. I'm sitting here like I'm shaking my head a little bit and you can probably see it, but I think coaches want to step on the field too much. Right. Yeah. If you, if you watch, if you watch a game, like there's lots of coaches that think they need to be yelling and screaming and instructing and all this stuff during the game. Well, all we're doing is we're taking our players focus away from what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's so like, and it's, it's one of those things that, the people outside look at a coach and if they're not like standing up yelling and screaming and pointing and doing something, then they think they're not a good coach, which is completely opposite. Like the best coaches. And I was, um, was lucky enough to be on a, a zoom call with, uh, the Florida state, uh, softball coaches. Oh, wow. And the, the question was asked of, of her was what's your favorite memory of when they won the national title in 2018. And she said, the best part about that is that we as a coaching staff could have sat in the stands and our players would have done exactly the same. Like yeah. we had passed on everything we could and our players had taken over. Yeah. And as a leader and as a coach, like that's, that's what I want. Yeah. Like I want to yeah. be able to go sit in the stands and let them do it. I want, I want to have emancipated their excellence. I want to have given them the keys to the car. I want to let them drive the boat. Um, and me just sit back and if they have a question or, or something, then come ask. But basically the, the, the more that I give them the ability to do how they know and what to do, the better off everything's going to be. And I don't know if it, if it sits with you as a coach, but I would say me as a business leader, when I see a team of people that get it and then they're, you know, you know, all the coaching and teaching and suddenly they all get it and they're just, and they're performing at a very high level with very little touch points by myself. 
I'm as happy as I can ever be. That is, that is almost the goal of a leader is to create that team that doesn't need you anymore. And when you do that, that's the ultimate achievement as a leader. I, I'm, I have been most satisfied when I have a team of people that are just, they're killing it. They're, 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 they're accomplishing the goals. They're motivated. And, and, you know, and it's just, wow, I don't even know why I'm here. I can step, I can step away and this thing runs on its own. And, um, and, you know, you're there, you're there for, like you just said, conflict resolution. When you have conflicting priorities, what do I do? Well, you, you have to have a leader that's going to help, help, you know, resolve conflict and resolve um, because even, even on a team uh, in a company, you could have two people who are, who know the goal, right. But have different ideas on how to get there. And sometimes those ideas conflict. And so that's why, you know, a leader is there to help make sure that you don't have too much of that so that you can focus on the mission and the goal. So I think there's a, there's a role for leader, but if you, there's a role for leaders, but if you can get to the point where your team is, you know, motivated and accomplishing things without much guidance, then it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah, no, that's the, um that's like the ultimate spot for me as a, as a coach. And I tell, I tell my players and I tell the parents that of the players that I coach, like I would ultimately love to sit in the stands and watch the game with you and not have to not like I've imparted all my wisdom. I've imparted everything. Um, if they need, if they need me, then they can call me over. But, mm-hmm. but so we're talking about leadership, but we're in this kind of, we're in this crazy, uh, uncertain time, I guess is the best way to put it, mm-hmm. um, with, with what's going on. Cause it's, uh, April of 2020 and daily things change. And, you know, um, you and I are both in North Carolina. Uh, you're about 30 minutes away from me, 20 minutes or so, but we're at, uh, stay at home, social distance and kind of maintain that six feet. But we all see people when we, or if you go to the grocery store, I still go to the grocery store. Um, you see people in different uh, different areas of protection, I guess, mm-hmm. self protection, however you want to put it. So, like, how how as leaders can we um, help our help our people, help our followers, help those, you know? make the most sense of this time, I guess, is the best way to put it. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, I, I, I use this analogy on a ship when the seas are calm and everything's easy. Uh, just about anybody can have the deck and the con. They can run the boat. Right. But when, you know, we're in some rough seas, you've got a storm coming through. Maybe you're in heavy uh, traffic, you know, uh, shipping lanes or what have you. You want to have your most experienced um, sailor at the helm. Your, your captain has to take over. And I think we are in that situation now where we have storms all around us. We don't know what's going to happen day in and day out. This is the time when leaders have to step up, when they have to lead their teams well. And what does that mean? Well, it means connecting with people and making sure, you know, everybody is going through a major shift right now. So, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a hospital worker, you're working long shifts, potentially. If you're a teacher, you're teaching from home. If you're, you, if you're in a restaurant employee, you might be laid off or you're now doing, you know, uh, curbside business. Uh, like myself, we're a manufacturing business, making products for 
you know, a critical industry like the electrical industry, we're still we're still working. But wherever you're at, everybody is feeling unsettled right now. And so this is the time to really connect with your people, making sure they have everything they need. Uh, make sure that, um, you know, just simple things like this. I, I can I could buy commercially available uh, toilet paper and also um, hand sanitizer and um, soap, hand soap. So I've been buying that in bulk and then giving it to my employees. Say here, I know it's hard to get right now. Just take what you need. But the thing is, we've got to meet the needs of our people right now. And we've got to make sure they have what they need uh, to be successful in this time because, you know, the world shifted, right? And everybody's outside their comfort zone and everybody reacts differently to that. So just like you were talking about, you see when I go out in North Carolina, it's, you know, various shades of protection, right? Every, you know, some people are completely wrapped up some people are nothing. But my point is, is that everybody's dealing with this crisis differently. So we as leaders have to connect with our people and make sure they have what they need, what's what's bothering them the most. Uh, one, one example of one employee, his uh, wife is a nurse and she had to shift her uh, schedule around. So we, we made his hours more flexible uh, during this time. And that's what you've got to do is to be able to lead each person differently, uh, make sure they have what they need personally during this time. No, I think that's a, a, an, a great thing that you're doing, a, but also just like individually. I, I don't think, um, I think coaches, and I had this conversation with another coach the other day, we think team first and players second. Whereas mm-hmm. I think um, business and team-wise, we need to think player first and team second or player within the team structure, but still it's player first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are where the best teams, the best businesses come from is when the individual knows that they are valued and that they're cared for. And then once mm-hmm. the, that, that if you can do that as a leader to each person you lead, you're going to get an amazing effort from them. You're going to get the information that they have to be able to, because I think that's another thing that we forget as leaders. Like we forget that our, that the people that we're leading, they have the information that we need to make the best decisions and we right. have to figure right. out how to, how to allow them to give us that information. Right. Right. There's got to be that open communication, not this top down, like do what I say thing. It's more like, can you, like, we need to lead from questions, mm-hmm. um, not lead from answers. Um, and yeah, especially now because the, where <laughs> nobody like, so we were talking before, before I hit record, but my wife is a medical professional. She's a pediatric nurse practitioner and I get the opportunity to read those articles. I get the opportunity to see the percentages of death rates and different age groups and all that other stuff in those medical journals. And, you know, it's, yes, it's a crazy world, but I don't know how crazy, I think, I think we're making it more crazy. I think lots of people are so worried because it's an unknown, right? And we're letting this fear, we're letting this fear of this unknown control us a lot. And I'm not saying like run around naked, um, (laughs) but you know, but also like we're all like, there's definitely age group wise. There's differences that, that, that this virus has, um, that it may, that it, that it does like, so, you know, depending upon which age group you're in, maybe, you know, take care of yourself accordingly. But then also us as leaders, like we need to look at our people, and be like, hey, like, you're 
65. Like I still want you to come to work, but we're going to let you work from home. You're 25, like come in and get down on the floor and do this stuff. And maybe the guy that was 65 was actually operating a machine. And the guy that was 25 was in the office. So they have to flip roles and how could they, like, I just made this up, but how could they flip roles and be able to, you know, help the company continue on, but they're also still providing good service to you or good service that, um, that we can keep them employed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just example, we, you know, like I mentioned, we're still running our factory right now, but we've made available uh, gloves and masks for anybody who wants to wear them. So we've, <clears throat> so we mandated social distancing. We've, you know, we're doing cleanup, you know, after every shift, we're, you know, wiping everything down with, with um, Lysol and what have you. But we've also made masks and gloves available and some people are wearing them and some people aren't. And it's, it's, um, we're not mandating it, but we make it available. So based on your comfort level or where you feel you need to be doing, people are doing it. And I think it's, uh, and, and nobody even looks twice at, we have a morning meeting and there's a few people with masks and a few people without. It's just, that's who we are. And um, I think everybody is, and actually the people who are wearing masks are not mad at the people who aren't and the people who, you know, so we, we just sort of like, okay, this is, we're going to make it available. It's not mandatory, but uh, based on your feelings, you, you have that available to you. So, and I think it's, um, and so, yeah, if you just look at my team, everybody's doing something slightly different and that's okay. Yeah. No, I think, I think we need to like take a look at that a little step back and a look at that too, because as a coach, like, <laughs> there's so many coaches that have like this rule book for their teams and it's 700 rules that you're (laughs) supposed to follow. Right. And, and it gets so complicated. And as a leader, sometimes you pigeonhole yourself, but on the other side of it, it's like, how do they know all of these rules? Like going back to what I said at the beginning, how do you simplify to be sophisticated. And I think that's what you're doing with, with your employees is like, you've simplified it. Like here it is. Now you do accordingly what you feel needs to be done. Right. For yourself. Yeah. You know, you, you know, what you were just talking about reminds me of uh, uh, John Brubaker's book again, going back to it, Seeds, Seeds of Success and his mentor, his coaching mentor. He, when he first came, became an assistant coach, lacrosse coach, college lacrosse coach, he, uh, he asked for the playbook and his mentor handed him an old dusty binder. And, uh, and it was, you know, a couple inches thick and inside of it was a bunch of blank pages. And he said, and, and then Coach Brew was trying to figure out, okay, well, what, wait, what do we do in this? You know, we've got 30 seconds left. We've got the ball back, tied game and lacrosse. Like, what's your play? What's your play? And he's like, my play is simple. I get the ball to my best player and get everyone else out of the hell out of the way. And uh, so, you know, it's funny because we try to make things complex, but um, in some cases, the, the best um, the best answer is a simple solution, right? And um, and everybody and everybody knowing that simple solution. Yeah, it's it's way easier than we make it a lot of times. Yeah, a whole yeah. lot of times. So I know you've been doing some leadership webinars, and and so like I think you talked about. There's a couple things that in this point in time where we need to make sure that we're. Um, open to maybe is the mm-hmm. best way to put it. So uh, you want to share some of those and then we'll chat about them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the one that, um, 
the one that we start out with when I'm talking about how to lead in a crisis, the first thing is just to pause, to slow down. Because I think we as leaders, coaches, we want to take action. We're action uh, oriented, right? We want to get things done. And so our first our first response to, well, there's a crisis, there's a new normal, is we want to jump into action. And so part of what we have to do is pause. We have to slow down. We have to look at what's going on in, in our company, in the environment, our industry, and then how are we going to react to it? And, and, and during that pause time, it's actually start talking to people in the industry, make sure you have a mentor, a coach, or someone you can talk to, to think through how you're going to respond to this crisis as a, as an organization, as a leader. So first one I talk about is pausing. Second thing is, is pivoting. So we all have to take our organizations and pivot it slightly, right? So uh, a great example of this is, you know, the t-shirt company, Life is Good, right? They make these great t-shirts and their message is to spread a message of uh, positivity, right? And so Corona crisis comes, everybody's sequestered at home, living the quarantine life. So what do they do? They're still spreading a positive message, but if you go on their website, all of their t-shirts and signage and all that is around quarantine life. And it's, you know, it's golden retrievers on a, on a Zoom call, you know, and it's all this fun, fun, lively, positive message, but it's all now around, around the COVID crisis. So they've made a pivot to their, um, to their, uh, their strategy, but they have kept their vision. So we as an organ- organization, every organization has to think about the pivot they have to make. So keeping true to their vision, but maybe pivoting. So if you have a restaurant, for example, and you can't have dine-in service, but you've shifted to a to-go you know, or curbside service, but you have a vision to make the best steak in Raleigh, right? Are, you need to keep to that vision of making that, you know, that product that is uh, what you've set out to do. So pivoting, but also keeping consistent with your vision. That's, that's important. And um, the other side I say is to, uh, you know, as I say, is position yourself as a crisis leader. And that's what we were talking about earlier. So crisis leadership means more one-on-one, more personal uh, connections with people and making sure that um, they have what they need to be successful. So as I say, is the time for long emails is over. This is not a time for long emails and dissertations. This is time for face-to-face. I know sometimes it's virtual, but this is time for face-to-face communication. How do you do that? Well, in my case, for example, I have uh, over 100 salesmen in the field, right? How do I communicate with them? Well, one thing I do is record messages. I'll just have do a video like this in two-minute video. Here's what we're doing. Here's what's going on. So they see my face. They see how I'm reacting to it, uh, the crisis, and they and they know what their mission is, you know, what to do. So um, make sure you do a lot more face-to-face and a lot less emails during this time. So I've been saying that. The other thing I, I say is, you know, put your own mask on first. So take care of yourself personally. So I know for me, when this thing first hit, I was stressed out a little bit trying to figure out where, how my company was going to react to this, how we were going to have enough money to get through. Um, we weren't sure if we were going to have to shut down. But I started to start eating. I, that's my thing. When I panic, I like comfort food, right? Give me some mac and cheese and some some meatloaf and I'm happy, right? So I started gaining weight right away. And, um, you know, and so I had to just say, whoa, what am I doing? Go back to what 
you know, my, you know, a structured diet, make sure I'm doing my exercise, make sure I'm taking care of myself physically, spiritually, and uh, mentally so that I can be there for my people because they need me to be strong, right? They're looking for me to be that shelter in the storm. So we can't, you know, you, you can't lose it <laughs> right now as a leader. You've got to hold it together because your people are depending on you. And the last thing I take talk about is just press on. You've got to just keep moving on and uh, recognize that this too will pass, right? And you've just got to stay consistent. You know, um, Angela Duckworth talks about that in her book, Grit. It's one of my favorite books, but she talks about <clears throat> that, that the way, that how people, the, the people who are most successful and who, who can, who can carry out things during the toughest times are the ones that combine passion and persistence. So that that combination of passion and persistence, she calls grit. So that you're so motivated towards your goal that you're willing to get through anything to be able to get there. So I think we as leaders have to look to try to, you know, tap into that grit that we have in, in us, right? We have a passion for our business. We have a passion for our team. So we've got to use that to drive through this, uh, this tough time and make sure that we can press on through it. So those are the things I've been talking about as I've been talking to leaders um, about crisis leadership and manage, managing during a crisis. No, that's awesome. I think one of the biggest things is the pause, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just take, like, it's so amazing. And, I'm looking out my window and it's kind of cloudy today, but I don't know if you've noticed the sky on the horizon. It's not gray anymore. Mm. It's the same color blue that it is up top. Yeah. Right. And it's that pause in, in everybody that's allowed the crap that's in the air to, to get rid of itself, mm. to, to move out of the way. Right. 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 So in the, in the pause, that's where the, that's where the, the, that's where the, 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 that's where the gold comes from is in that pause is that allowing the crap to get out of the way. Yeah. So that yeah. now you have blue skies everywhere and you can see things clearly. Um, I just, I don't know if, if you looked up and I don't know if people listening today have looked up, but take a little moment to look up at the sky and look at the horizon and notice like the difference from where it was before. Now, maybe if you live in the mountains or someplace where it's extremely rural and there's not a lot of, uh, pollution um, you might it might still look the same but I, I'm going to bet you that it's still clearer than it was because mm. um, I've noticed that amazingly like I I take my dogs for walks daily now and I've noticed like I did it before anyway but I've noticed there's so many more people out walking around people yeah. are like waving saying hi people are just there's still a couple crazy heads out there that are driving like maniacs, but for the majority, most people have kind of slowed down. They're, they're yeah. taking that, they're taking it slower. And, and I'm hoping that maybe people will pause a little bit longer once things quote unquote, get back to normal. And we don't go back to that running around like a chicken with our heads cut off. Cause we're supposed to look busy. Like yeah. maybe yeah. we can think about um, in this time, we pivot and we pivot to a place where it's more enjoyable. Like I, I hope, like I enjoy what I do. I, I know you enjoy what you do, but I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like, mm. this is a great time to take, take that moment to pivot, to pivot to a place where, I mean, if you're sitting at home and you're uncertain about if you're going to have a coaching job or if you're sitting at home and you're uncertain, if you're going to have a, a, a job and, and, 
in a corporate spot where you've been when this is done, like, I think it's a great time to take a pause and just take an inventory and see, am I doing what I want to do? Is this something Mm -hmm. that I enjoy? And if not, take the pivot. Like change, like right now is the best time. Like people don't see that. And that's what I want to share. Like that's a, that's an, it's an amazing time to be able to make a change. I agree a hundred percent. That's a great way to look at it. And I think it's, it's also, it's looking at the, you know, I mean, the world is, is uh, you, you can look at it two ways, half empty or half full. Right. And, and when a crisis happens, you can say, you can, you can worry about what you've lost or you can think about what you just gained. And I think you're saying the same thing, which is this may be the perfect opportunity to make the shift that you've been thinking about. You know, the thing that's been haunting you and, and just, you know, you wake up in the morning thinking about, oh, I should write a book or I should start teaching or I, I really I really wanted to do this. Well, guess what? You've now got a little bit of free time. I wanted to learn a second language. All right, there you go. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you have this great opportunity right now to do maybe something that you've been thinking about that's been nagging you. We, you know, it's a back, something in the back of your head that's been nagging you that you've always wanted to do. This may be the great time to do it. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Deep Leadership is brought to you by Strikeforce Energy. Strikeforce Energy is a veteran-owned company founded by a Navy SEAL, and their products are all made in the USA. Strikeforce Energy is a liquid flavor pack that you can add into any beverage. It has zero calories, zero carbs, and zero sugar. Each pack contains 80 milligrams of caffeine. Strikeforce Energy is offering a discount to all the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to strikeforceenergy.com and enter the discount code I have the watch, one word, for a 20% discount on every order. Deep Leadership is also brought to you by my Amazon best-selling book, I Have the Watch, Becoming a Leader Worth Following. This book is filled with 23 short stories on how you can become a more effective leader. It's super easy to read and most people finish it in less than two hours. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and click the large orange button for signed copies. Enter the discount code IHaveTheWatch, one word, at checkout for 20% off your order and domestic shipping is always free. I saw a tweet on Twitter and it made me laugh because it was like the travel softball family's yard pre COVID. And then the, the post travel softball team's yard. Right. And the first one, it's like weeds covered. You can't even see the house. And the second one is like pristine yard and all this stuff. And it's really been like, I laugh and it made me because my wife and I used to have a garden. Um, and I should say she had a garden. Um, <laughs> I just get the beds ready and then she does the rest of the stuff. But like, so now we're back to the the garden thing and, and I bought the, I mean, I'm a general contractor too for your audience. So I own a construction company. Um, I brought the dump trailer over and cleaned out the yard and it completely filled it up. I still got to get to the garage, but it's just one of those things. It's like, Oh yeah, there's all these things. Like we were, I coached my daughter's um, 16 U travel softball team and I love it to death. I miss those girls. But, you know, it's that ability to be able to, to be at home, take the pause and then do the things that like I've been wanting to do, but haven't done just because I've been 
they're coaching them. And that's, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I love it. Um, but I also love the fact that being able to be here and just kind of, Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, because for me, I have two college age boys and they both came home, you know, and, um, my wife and I had finally been, you know, we're empty nesters. Both, both boys are in college. Uh, we've had, we had a quiet life with our, our two golden retrievers and her and I, that's it. Right. Life was good. Um, and then suddenly these two adult men come back into my house right and they're eating all our food they're taking all our stuff they're we're bumping into each other you know because we had already sort of downsized our home into our sort of retirement home and uh and now i've got these two knuckleheads you know in, in and around everything but you know i was thinking the other day I, you know, over the last 10 years, I built a home gym. So I have my own home gym and my sons and I are working out together and I didn't expect that I would, they would, I would be even around them right now. So here I am around my boys in the gym, laughing, talking about life. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm the luckiest guy on this planet right now that I have. I'm lucky enough that I had built a home gym. I'm lucky enough that my boys are home with me and I'm enjoying this moment right now. And you know, I'm not even thinking anything negative about this, this COVID crisis. I'm thinking what a wonderful blessing that I didn't, I didn't expect right now, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's just think, take that pause, you know, enjoy the moment. And there's so many more moments that we get to enjoy it right now, especially with our families. Um, mm. My three kids are at home. They're not in college yet, but um, <laughs> I don't know if they're enjoying it, <laughs> but it's just that ability to be able to have those conversations, those walks. I'm sure they don't enjoy uh, me busting their, um, busting them about get, doing their schoolwork because they've gone back to virtual school. Right. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. but it's, um, you know, they're, they've got AP classes and they want, I want them to have those college credits so I don't have to pay for them in college. Right. Right. <laughs> but, um, so they're doing, they're, they're still doing their work and that kind of stuff. And then I've got a seventh grader too, and he's, he's actually doing a pretty good job of, of staying on top of, of his schoolwork, you know? So, I mean, cause he could just, he could take the pass and be fine mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter, but he's still, uh, going and staying involved and doing what he needs to do so it's yeah it's been a fun time um my dogs like your dogs probably love the fact that we're at home more yeah um, yeah I saw, although i, I see a little, little I, meme. I see a little look in their eyes like when are you leaving i want to take a nap <laughs> 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 I, it's never quiet around here <laughs> so true true yeah oh uh, so um John, we've talked a little bit, but what do, like, what do you think leaders today, like what as a leadership community, as a coaching community, what do you think the people, our people need from us the most today where we are? So, you know, I, I talked about this a little bit earlier in terms of, um, you know, we, they're looking for us to be a shelter in the storm, right? Or a, or a lighthouse, a guide, you know, a guide, probably a lighthouse is a better example. There's a storm. They want to know where to look, where to, where to, where to go, how to act. Right. So lighthouse is a great analogy because, you know, for years, you know, the Navy, the Navy ships, you can look to a lighthouse and you know, okay, I've got a bearing over here. I got a bearing over here. All right. I'm safe from the, from the rocks right now. So I think we need to be that for our people. And how do we do that? One is, is to stay calm, right? So 
you know, you might feel panic inside. I know I did first when this first hit and I started to realize this was going to affect my industry. There's a, there's, you tend to panic a little bit. And so I think we've got to get control. And that's why that pause is really important. Get control of our own emotions so that we can be calm during the crisis. But the other side of it is, is that we've got to be authentic with our people. So we have to be able to say what we know, what we don't know. And it's, it's okay to say, I don't know. When someone says, well, what's going to happen if this happens? And you say, I really don't know right now. Uh, but, but I will tell you, as soon as I know, you have more clarity, I'm going to let you know. So it's okay to be uh, to not have all the answers. But I think the worst thing you can do is either panic. Don't, you know, you don't want to do that because then everyone else will panic. And the other thing you don't want to do is pretend like you have all the answers because everyone knows you don't. And I think it's going to create, create more uh, concern in your organization if you start pretending like you have all the answers. So I think it's calm, uh, but also authentic communication during this time. Yeah, I'm going to agree 100% with the authentic. I think that's what we're missing the most mm. right now as a society um, is that authentic leader, the person that can come out and one, say, I don't know, and two, say, this is what I know, mm. right? Right, like, right. Here's, here's what I know. Here's what I've seen. Here's the different things. Now, here's the information. Um, I don't, you know, and, and then as the leader, be like, I don't like, for me, this is what it means, but that might not be what it means for you. And that's okay. Mm. Right. Cause everybody, like we're looking at the different PPE that people have on and, and that's the information that they receive and how they're uh, perceiving it is then how they're reacting to it. And so if we as leaders can, can say like, Hey, look, best case scenario, like for our travel team, like we send an email out and just so it was blanket so that it could be private coming back. But Hey, like parents, what is your, um, what is your comfort level with your daughter playing and when, like what kind of parameters do you have as a family for your player to be able to quote unquote, I'm going to use a return to play. And, you know, some parents were like, let's play today. Some parents are like, I have no idea. This scares them. They didn't say it this way, but this is what they really said. They said, I have no idea what's going on. This scares the shit out of me. I'm not, they're not playing until I'm comfortable. Right. right. So those are the, the two ends of the spectrum, but we had both and we had all in between. But what we said to them was, is like, Hey, look, we want to know so that we can kind of plan ahead, but your daughter is still a part of our team, no matter what. Like this right, is our right. team and you have your opinions and you have your thoughts, but we want to be able to plan, but we also want you to know that we're still a team. And I think that's, we haven't, I haven't seen enough of that from leaders, right? Like where's your feeling as my employee? Where's your feelings like where you are and yeah, you're still on my team. I may have to furlough you. I may have to do things to keep the business going so that when this is all said and done, there's a spot for you to come back to. Mm. Um, but we want you back. But then also like what's your comfort level for being here? Because it's, I think it would be a, a bad thing for us as a, a leader or a business person to put a person in a situation where they were at our, at a, at a game or they were at the factory and they didn't want to be there. Like they didn't mm. feel comfortable. We're not going right, to get the right. best out of them. Right. No, no. But it takes that transparency. It takes that communication. It takes that, that, um, 
that openness, that willingness to, uh, to have those difficult conversations. Yeah. And it's every day too. You've got to keep up with it every day because, you know, one thing I've said too is, you know, as a, as a leader, we have to be informed. So you kind of have to know what's going on in the world, but don't spend too much time watching the news because, you know, you know, recognize that, uh, you know, social media and the news, they, you know, it's all, there's a lot of sensationalism to that and you can get yourself wrapped around that and get all hot and bothered and, and upset. You see one piece of news and, you know, and it's spun a certain way. And next thing you know, you're panicking. So it's good to just stay informed, but stay, stay away from the, the 24 seven news cycle. Right. And cause I think it can, it can drive you crazy. Um, I personally, I found a couple of uh, three different websites I'm using to track the COVID crisis. So I can see what's happening in, in, you know, in North Carolina, in our, in our counties, I can see, you know, kind of see how, how it's evolving, but it's not, there's no spin. It's just data. So I can kind of make the decisions myself and then just kind of paying attention to what's happening with, with the governor and the, you know, and the president, what have you. But I think getting involved with online debates on, you know, whether we should wear a mask or not, or whether we should go to the beach or not, that's not helpful, not helpful for your team. You know, just you focus on what they need, make sure you're informed, but, you know, don't get too wrapped up in it that you're, that you're emotionally, uh, attached to what's happening every you know, presidential news conference, right? Because you're you're gonna have a you're gonna have a lot, you're gonna have a stressful day, a stressful life. So uh, I laugh because I don't even watch them. I watched one of them and I just went what, and then left. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, like I said, I I look at those medical journals, the articles, and those kind of things, and still, I, I mean, I'm just looking. I'm looking at them for the data, like what data is, and there's so like there's some that are like 5% and then there's some that are like 0.5%. So like where, right, right, right. where, like this is supposedly data driven. Like, so yeah, yeah. Anyway. this is, this is what, you know, this is what we call in the military fog of war, right? You don't know, really know you, you don't know. I mean, and one thing they trained us in the military is to be able to operate and make decisions and be decisive with um, unknowns out there. And so trying to take, you know, trying to take whatever data you have, assess the risk and then make decisions and move forward. And, and uh, you may not have all the information and, and, and most times as leaders and as coaches, we don't have all the information, right? So we have to be able to make decisions and make the call. And then we self-correct, right? So we make a decision. Oh shoot, that wasn't the right one. And we, and we correct it along the way. And that's the best way to lead. Um, And so we've got to do our best with, with what information we have, but I think it's, it's much more healthy if you don't get too wrapped up in the political side of uh of the news or the sensational side of the news i think it's just not not worth it not healthy now i think the maybe the best piece of wisdom so far was what you just said um was that we need to make a decision and then look at the data as outcome and then adjust right if we can do that if we can do that and 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 let uh all the rest of the stuff go away and not, or just like, just let it, um, I'm waving my hands by my head, you know, like you're running through a forest, like all those things are just trees running by until you find like that outcome part and then go, okay, that was that decision. This is what happened. Then let's do this instead, or that was, let's do it again. And I think if we can do that as leaders and, and have our, and have that transparency with our followers, um, that, our teams, our businesses, 
will be in a fine spot. And when, um, whatever normal is returns, but I always like <laughs> my kids go, dad, you're not normal. And I'm like, well, what is normal? Yeah. Like, to right, have a definition, right. <laughs> right. There is like, there isn't a, like, yes, I'm crazy. The heck I get that. But <laughs> so I'm less normal than anyone else, but that's okay. Um, I don't think there's anything is there. I don't think we, we think there is a normal. I don't think there is a normal. So uh, everybody, yeah, no. everybody's unique and, and um, yeah. So there might be an average, but um, anyway, <laughs> who knows? Well, John, um, I don't know if, if you've got anything else. If you've got some questions for me, shoot. If not, we'll um, we'll call it a podcast. And I hope that. Um, well, anyway, before I get to that, go ahead. You got anything? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I just think I think you. We touched on a lot of stuff. I think I think the one thing was interesting that uh, the coach versus a leader right now. So coaches, you know. You're not able to coach your team right now, but you still can stay connected. And I think that's really powerful. And um, so whereas a business maybe right now, a lot of people are stressed out because maybe they've had to let people go or, you know, their, 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 their revenue streams have gone and what have you. But I think as a coach, you have a really unique situation as well. And maybe talk to me a little bit about some things you've seen the coaches doing well during this time where their players uh, can't be together training, they can't be together um, having that connection. So have you seen some, some, some best practices from coaches during this time? I think that would be interesting. I'll tell you some of the things we've done. We've done um, group, we've done team zoom calls, right? Okay. Where all the girls are, are on the zoom and um, I'm having some different like form college players and coaches come in and chat with the girls and then um and then they just like to stay on and and be goofy um which i love um so you know a 30 minute call lasts an hour and a half but they're just being goofy and we're talking with them so um it's a softball team. We've got some different technology. One of them's a blast sensor. They can put on it into their bat and I can see all of their swings that they take. Mm-hmm. So like if they're taking swings off the tee or if they're um, hitting into a net, like I get to see all those and then we can discuss those that way. Um, so there is the ability to actually still have some instruction. Um, oh, nice. Still develop nice. Well, that's really good. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. 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 So there's, I mean, and, and you know, I think a live zoom with an individual player, you can do kind of the same thing, but it's, it's one of those things. It's just like experiment. Like that's what I told another coach. Mm, it's like just yeah, experiment. Yeah. Right. And yeah, don't look at it great. as the, 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 the players don't know it's an experiment, mm. right? They don't know if, if they don't know if the outcome is a pass or a fail. They don't know if the outcome is good or bad. Only you yourself know of the, and, and it's just because of what you like, all right, I'm going to try this experiment. And then you made the parameters for what was good and what was bad. Well, if you don't tell the player that they don't know. Right. Right. So my biggest thing is experiment, try different things. Like, and if it doesn't work, well, don't do it again. Or right, if it right. doesn't work, try to do it a little bit different way. But I think that that's the biggest thing as a coach is you, you mentioned the connection, stay connected, stay involved, stay, um, like I have, <laughs> I have text chats individually with them. I have a group text chat. Um, if they want to call me, they, some of them call. Um, and, and you know, we have those groups in call. So it's like, just experiment, try different things. Like, um, you know, don't be, be inviting, 
not obtrusive. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like that. Right? And invite them to, to share, invite them to be a part, invite them to come, but don't force yourself in. Um, so I think that's kind of maybe the biggest thing. And, and then however that looks for you, however that looks for, for what you think works. And, and again, experiment. That's the biggest word right now mm. because we haven't been in this place before. We right, haven't, right. We haven't, yeah. we haven't had to coach over the internet. We haven't had to, <laughs> we haven't had to lead over the internet. We haven't had to, you know, that kind of stuff. So there's it's no all, textbook. There is no textbook for what's happening right now. I, I, that's why I like what you just said, experiment. Cause I think yeah, I just realized that everything I've been doing for the past six weeks has been experimental, right? I've, n- I've never done some of this stuff. So yeah, I mean, this, this is a great time. There is no textbook. There is no right or wrong, right? Test what, test what works. See, see, you know, if it works great keep it going. If not, you know, try something else. And uh, yeah, that's really good. I like that. And maybe that's what we'll take away as leaders. Cause I think we look at textbooks like there's, there's one Coca-Cola, right? Right. But there's so many people that try to be Coca-Cola. Well, it doesn't work to be Coca-Cola, right. but if you experiment, you might be the next, you know, I don't know the name of your company, sorry, but you know, you might be the next <laughs> you know, John Rennie's electrical company. Right. Right. Peak <laughs> demand. You could be peak yes. demand. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And then people are like, Oh, how did you become peak demand? Well, I experimented. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I experimented. And then, and then we didn't, we didn't try to be Coke. We didn't try to be, uh, progress energy. We didn't try to be, I don't know, other switch manufacturers, but you know what I'm getting at. We didn't try to yeah. be them. Yeah. We tried to be ourselves. And, right. and right. I think it would be so much more beneficial for everybody if we stopped trying to be someone else and experiment and be ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 the people that have been the most successful, the companies have been the most successful, the ones that have been unique and not trying to be someone else. So, yeah, I think uh, that's, that's, that's your value add, right? You're unique and different than everyone else. You got to do it your way. If you try to do it someone else's way, it doesn't work. Not at all. So you can take pointers and tips, but ultimately experiment, iterate, experiment, iterate. Develop your own way. Yep. 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 Well, John, um, I've enjoyed the conversation. I hope that like my coaching community has taken from you a great leadership stuff. I hope your leadership community has taken some coaching things from me. Um, I appreciate your time. It's been amazing. Thank you. Jason, this has been really good. And I know that your ideas, your thoughts, and, and, the, and the discussion we've had back and forth is going to be really good for, for the folks that are listening into uh, our leadership uh, podcast. And so I think it's good. I think, I think leaders and coaches, that we share a common bond together. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's funny because I see leaders taking lessons from, uh, from the sports uh, side of things. And I see sports coaches taking, you know, cues from, from the business side of it and, and both take cues from the military side of it so i think all these things are interconnected so i'm i'm really thankful that we connected and and we're able to put this together because i think it's going to show some of the cross uh you know ideas that happen uh between the different uh, roles that we play so john share where um the clipboard community can find you uh email 
uh, if that's what, or anywhere like your podcast, all those things, where, you, where, where mm-hmm. they can find you at. Yeah. So my website is johnsrenny.com and it's John with no H. And uh, there you get all my links there. I run a podcast called Deep Leadership Podcast dot uh, com. You go to Deep Leadership Podcast dot com to get uh, to my podcast, and uh, all the links are on my all the social links are on my website. So, and Jason, how about you? You want to uh, shout out yours so we can connect with my audience? Sure. Um, if you live in the Raleigh area and you're looking for a construction project, you can go to fusioncon, <laughs> fusioncontractors.com. Um, we do residential and light commercial stuff. Um, just a plug for the construction. But um, so then there's whistleclipboard.com. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, which is the social media place I live, it's Jason H O T O A T E S. Um, and then I've, just recently started uh, uh, coachoats.com is a new website. And uh, that's where I, I'm, I'm looking to coach coaches, but I'm also looking to coach leaders and help you guys become your best. I'd emancipate excellence. Like that's what I'm looking to do. Um, and I think this is a great time for people to pause and be able to take a look. And, 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 you know, we were talking about like the great companies, like the Walt Disney didn't, have success without his brother. Um, you know, Steve Jobs didn't have success without Wozniak. Um, there's always somebody else there that helps along, and I think we forget that. It's a lot easier to do it uh, with someone rather than to try to do it alone. So if you're looking for that someone, um, I think I can help. So anyway. That's great, Jason. Plug for, for me. Yeah, that's great, Jason. We're going to put I'll put all those links in our show notes on our side of things. Awesome. Well, John, uh, have a great rest of your Sunday. Appreciate you uh, hanging out and uh, look forward to more chats and hopefully we can uh, have some coffee or I I love to play golf so we can go social distance on the golf course. too. (laughs) Sounds good, Jason. I really appreciate it. It's been a great, uh, great discussion. So, So thanks for putting this together. Well, I hope you enjoyed this discussion with myself and Jason Please go check out his podcast, his website. I think you'll find that you'll get uh, another source, another place to get information that is a little different than what I produce. So go ahead and check those resources out. Well, that's it for today. So thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric.
Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast.